trust the movement I negate the chaos Uplift the negative I'll show up at the table Again and again Welcome to Grassroot Ohio Conversations with everyday people Working on important issues Here in Columbus and all around Ohio I'm Carolyn Harding And today I'm talking with Adrian Hood Columbus City Council candidate On the November 7, 2023 ballot Adrian Hood is a mother of three and has four grandchildren. She retired from the U.S. Air Force in 2020 as a master sergeant and is a Columbus native who grew up in Linden and graduated from Columbus City Schools and has her bachelor's in criminal justice administration and her master's in human services. A servant leader at her core, she serves in her church and has served on several grassroots boards over the years. Adrienne is passionate about the changes that need to take place in our city, which will protect everyone, regardless of their zip code. She is most passionate about public safety, mental health care, affordable housing, and public education. Adrienne Hood for Columbus City Council is endorsed by Elect Black Women, New Politics, New Power, Our Revolution Ohio, Moms Demand Action Gun Sense Candidate, and the Matriots. Welcome, Adrian. Thank you for having me. And also an endorsement from the Working Family Party as well. Excellent. Well, your campaign is in the final stretch. Less than two weeks to election day, although early voting is going on right now as we speak. If elected Columbus City Council member, what will you do first for the people of Columbus? So what I would do first, um, obviously, uh, you explain my um, the things that I'm most passionate about um, around public safety, mental health care, um, affordable housing, and um, public education. Uh, but I really think that it's important for me to get in and get an understanding um, of how things uh, actually operate, and um, and then start honing in on the things that I want to see in the public safety you know, as far as public safety is concerned, as far as mental health is concerned, as far as affordable housing and what we do and contribute to as far as public education. I'm getting myself familiar uh, with those areas and then I'm having a plan of execution. And in that, including the relationship with grassroots organizations, because I think it is very important to have the relationships with the ones that are actually out here doing the work day in and day out um, who get you know, very little support um, and, and, and especially very um, little financial support. Um, so definitely wanting to uh, build those relationships so that we can have plans going forward that are definitely going to benefit a bigger part of our community instead of just a select few. You are endorsed by Moms Demand Action for Gun Sense. Talk about your vision and action plan for Columbus regarding gun sense. Oh, we it's so much um, that we can, you know, that we can do um, around a gun sense laws, um, even, you know, having background checks. I don't know why um, that has become such a sticking point um, for, you know, around gun sense. Having gun sense laws, it's, it's not the worst thing. Most of us have had to go through some kind of background check to get our job. So why that's become a, a sticking point, you know, for um the other side just, it just really baffles, uh, baffles me. Um, but I think that, you know, uh, background checks, um, is definitely something that we could, that we should be doing, right? That we have a moral responsibility to do, to make sure that guns are not getting in the hands of the people that 
that don't need them. And I know there's some of the pushback has been around um, the people that the ones that have the guns illegally, you know, they don't have to worry about background checks because they're getting the guns um, illegally. Well, that's another conversation to be had as well. Where are the guns coming from? Where are the the big amount of guns coming from? They're not coming from your average citizens. And so we need to, um, you know, we need to hone in on that as well. If we really want to have a conversation about um, changing, you know, uh, around um, who has access um, to guns in our community. All right. Do these buyback programs work? I know Mayor Ginther did it for a while. What what do you think about that? Uh, well, the interesting thing um, that I that I have learned is the buyback programs. It's usually people that are um, that are coming and selling their guns back are not the ones that we don't need to have the guns. They're not going to show up for the gun buyback, right? So while we're getting guns, you know that someone may have laying around haphazardly, right? Yes, that's a good thing. But when we are talking about gun violence in the community, those are not going to be the members that are coming and selling their guns. And quite honestly, if they are, they're only going to go get a a bigger or better gun. That's the reality of it. Mm -hmm. So state preemption laws at the state house have taken away our local control at a city level on gun control, you know, any kind of gun control rent control, minimum wage, oil and gas production waste disposal. And right now there's even a bipartisan effort to create a ban on cities adopting ranked choice voting on their and the way they vote. What will you do as a council member to support home rule or local control in Columbus? Well, there's so there's so many things in that in that question, <laughs> Carolyn. Um, you know, um, I, I think that one of the things that uh, we must get better at um, as a community, um, as elected officials, um, the thing that we must get uh, better at is having having a plan on top of a plan. You know, we have a plan of execution, and we expect for things to go one particular way. Right. And when it doesn't, we spend a lot of time, you know, kind of picking ourselves back up instead of proactively thinking, uh, thinking through, you know, well, if we submit or introduce this type of legislation, there may be this kind of pushback or there, you know, case in point with the the preemptive, you know, the law that they uh, came up with to um, basically um, keep the 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 local cities from being able to do what they need to um, as far as gun violence is concerned or, or you know, or violence is concerned, having, knowing who we are going up against, right? Knowing who we are going up against, having a plan of execution when this doesn't work, what are we doing next? Like we should already have that in line because what I have noticed and learned as I continue to be um, involved in in policy and learning more about policy, the other side very, very does this very, very well. They're playing 10, 15, 20 years out. Yes, they are. And we are always reacting. We have to get a proactive mission, right? And, and bring in as many people as we can to be, you know, on one page 
It doesn't mean that we're going to operate in a silo. It doesn't mean that there's a monolith monolith uh, amongst any of us, right? But we we have to have enough of us in the space, knowing that we are going in the same direction and have that plan of execution. I feel like we do a lot of reactionary type, you know, legislation and introduce introduction of legislation. And like I said, the other side does very well. They're they're playing, you know, this is when when this comes up, they already have XYZ as a next move. And we I, I feel like we need to get better at that. How has your experience as a vet impacted your run for the people of Columbus? Um, interestingly enough, um, I'm glad you asked that question because yesterday there was a gentleman um, that was coming uh, coming to vote and he got out of his car. You know, we were asking him, uh, they were asking, did he want the sample ballot? He didn't want the sample ballot. And I said, you know, I have some more lit that uh, for your consideration, we're not going to be on the sample ballot. And he just kind of threw his hand up and, you know, I'm okay. Right. And so I looked at his tag. And his tags, he had a purple heart tag. And I said, hmm, well, I can't go in, right? Because we can't go within 100 feet of, you know, of the door. Um, and he was he was parked inside of, the, of that particular zone. And I said, a veteran for you to consider, Adrian Hood. And I just left it at that. You know, I walked away and was talking to um, some other people. And uh, I didn't even see him come out, you know, see him and his wife come back out. And so I was standing there talking and I just heard this, how he said my last name. It was something that you understand when you're military. And I turn around and I look and it was him. And he did just like this. Thumbs up, huh? Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, you know, it's a um, that that relationship is so near and dear. Uh, right. And and oftentimes, regardless as to what side of the of the aisle, you know, as they say, um, that someone sits on that piece right there, you know, is near and dear to a lot of us. Right. Because we know the sacrifice um, that, you know, that that has been made, continues to be made. And um, so it was it was awesome to, to have that opportunity because, you know, at first I thought, wow, he won't even, you know, come over. And um, but when I seen that part, Purple Heart, I said, I, I have to take advantage of the opportunity. Um, and and I said something and and he listened. He made that connection. Yes. Talk about the needs of mental health care in Columbus, Adrian. Oh, boy. <laughs> it's 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 um, I, I hear and see. Um, so many, you know, people's um, stories and, and the struggling with mental health. Um, the one that obviously is going to be near and dear um, to me uh, is because of my story. When I see someone have a mental health crisis and then they are harmed um, by someone, um, you know, within our police department or a police department. Um, so, with that, I think that it is very important um, for us to really get intentional um, around the non-police uh, response, um, the non-police response team um, for those who are having a mental health uh, crisis so that we can keep our members of our community as safe as possible. And then, you know, beyond that, 
um, I think it is very important for us to uh, figure out a better way of communicating the resources that that Columbus does have available, that Franklin County does have available for mental health, you know, for those uh, suffering with mental health um, crisis, because oftentimes people just don't know. And, and I think that anymore, especially in the space of technology, it, it's so much easier. It's so uh, much more convenient for us to, you know, push a button on our phone and, and send out a, a post or a flyer, you know, uh, on, on the internet. But everybody doesn't use it that way. And many people that need the resources probably aren't there. Right. Um, so I think that it is very important for us to still send stuff in the mail. It's still important for us to knock on people's doors. It's important for us to have events in the community that are expressing what resources are available and not just not just telling the community um, what resources are available, but having those resources be available when those community events are happening. Um, I think is just as just as important. I know that it happens sometimes. We have Stop the Violence marches, you know, in Linden. Uh, we just had our last one um, on the 16th of October. And we have, you know, different organizations have come and partnered and bring out their information. And as we're going knocking, you know, walking through the neighborhood and giving out information uh, to families as they open the door to see what this big crowd of people is walking down their street. Um, so it gives us the opportunity to engage um, with the community. Uh, but that's something that needs to be ongoing. Right. And um, and make sure that that people know that there are services um, that are available. Um, and for, uh, again, the importance of grassroots organizations and the ones that are actually getting in the trenches uh, with our most vulnerable for them to be supported, you know, not just by uh, by lip service or not having to have them. Uh, have to go to bigger organizations who may or may not, you know, want to support them. We need to make that access to dollars easier because they are the ones that are out there uh, making the sacrifices to help in that space. You have a bachelor's in criminal justice administration and a master's in human services. You've had access and ability to get good education. Where are we right now in educating our youth? our future workforce and leaders in Columbus. What's your vision and commitment to public education? Public education, as you read in my bio, uh, I graduated from Columbus City Schools. Um, so obviously it's, you know, it's very important because everybody can't afford to, you know, to send their child to, um, you know, to private school. Thankfully, by way of our dear friend, uh, Joe Motil, uh, I have learned so much about tax abatements. Um, and as I learn even more, uh, I think about the things that weren't available even when I was in school and how much more uh, those things are not available, you know, even now. And um, so with that, you know, being the case, uh, I think that we have to get very intentional about you know, who we allow to come into um, our communities and get abatements because they do and they can fund our schools in, in big ways. And many of our schools, not just any one particular or, you know, a couple of different schools, 
those are dollars that can go back into our schools. And then we can bring back some of the programming that's, you know, been cut because arts went, you know, and continues to decrease all of our kids. The reality is they are not going to college. Some can't afford it. Some don't want the debt. And then some are just more hands-on. They need something that they are doing with their hands, right? When I was um, in, in schools, we had the career centers and they were on all sides of towns and they covered so many different, uh, so many different trades, right? And, and us having the proper funding can help restore um, some of that. And that to me plays a very integral part in us, in us giving our kids something to do and to look forward to, right? And so when you can see where you're going, idle time becomes less because I have a focus. So with the mention of the tax abatements and the money being taken away from Columbus Public Schools, right now there's a levy on the the ballot and different communities feel very differently about this levy. What are you hearing and what do you, what was your take? I I understand that the, uh, I understand that the levy, uh, you know, will, will be important for our schools. I understand that. Um, And I also understand um, the concern of some of these organizations. And I understand the burden for, um, for those who are are barely getting by now, you know, um, our elders, we have to think about, you know, as well, because they're on a fixed income. And for every hundred thousand dollars, $100,000 of a home, you know, that's the potential of close to 200 or more um, dollars being added, you know, in taxes. Um, So the concerns are, are, are real, you know, and, um, and, and that's to, you know, that's to be respected. I can't speak for someone else's house and, you know, and, and, and what they have in their home um, as far as their finances are concerned. So I absolutely get it. And at the same time, I understand, you know, um, that our that our babies need need the, th- the things that they need at school as well. And so um, I personally, I believe that that this decision is going to come down to uh, a very individual um, uh, decision, uh, much like uh, issue one. Right. It, it, it's it's going to come down to a very personal, um, I have to make this decision for myself and, and my household, uh, you know, and my family, because people do still have to survive, you know, so, so I get it. I get it on both sides. I absolutely understand. Okay. So we'll segue right into that, there, um, that state issue, issue one, because you, you come from a very religious um, commitment and um, I don't know in your community, how many people support um, reproductive rights, but you have come out supporting issue one. Would you like to talk about that? Oh, absolutely. Um, so issue one is very, is very personal um, to me. Um, and at the same time, I don't have a problem, you know, in, in sharing, you know, a part of, you know, a part of my story, you know, at one point in time, I, and I was a teenager and I had an abortion, right? And it wasn't necessarily by choice, um, but it is it, it it's my reality, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I would not would not tell somebody else 
what to do when it comes to that decision. As you stated, um, I am very, very, very passionate about my God. I absolutely am. But I also know that I serve a very forgiving God at the same time, right? And so um, where where I have made peace um, with my decision and being okay with my decision is when I see my heavenly father, I won't hold an account for anyone else's decisions, but my own. And such is the same for someone else, right? And and even, even in that, I serve a God that gives choice. Mm. I do. Right. And so, um, so I, you know, I, I just personally believe that that is a very personal, individual decision that um, each person is going to have to, you know, is going to have to make, regardless as to whether, you know, you consider yourself to be spiritual or not. Um, that's, that's a very private, I just think that it's private. Some things are just meant to be left private. I agree. And I would like to segue into the concept of separation of church and state. There's a lot of very right-wing religious folks that are legislating their religious beliefs. And I'm very wary of that, not being religious and having friends of all faiths and no faiths. And it's a maxim of our country to separate church and state. How how will you deal with that as a city council member? Um, when I am when I am in the public place and I am serving the public, that's what I'm doing. I'm serving the public, so I can't just take my thoughts into consideration when I am in the role of being a public servant. I have to take in consideration of all the all of the people that I serve, right? And be open to having conversations, right? And be open to even when when there are tough decisions that need to be made, whatever that is, wherever you know that may land, um, being able to communicate why it is that you know that I decide or someone else decides. Um, being able to communicate that, I think, is the most important thing. Sitting down and having a conversation with someone um, is something that that is necessary and it's the right thing to do. But when I am in the role of a public servant, it's just that. So I have to think about the people that I am serving. Okay. Another thing that you are you said you're concerned about is affordable housing. And the homeless or houseless folks that we have here in Columbus. What is your vision and what's your commitment for this issue? Yeah, so definitely, you know, I hate to bring Mr. Joe's name up again, uh, but I- I'm learning so much, you know, from him, uh, even around that 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 um, um, that particular topic. I live up here off of 161. There's a lot of uh, hotels um, that have been shut down, you know, for being a nuisance um, and whatnot. And um, though I don't know um, the specific ins and outs of how we would be able to uh, obtain um, some of those 
those hotels and turn them into uh, temporary or transitional housing and, and making sure that um, that there are other uh, agencies there to serve in the capacities that need to, you know, that um, individuals need because there they might there may be mental health situations, right? There are a lot of veterans that are houseless. Um, there are some people who just cannot afford to live in Columbus anymore. Just out of curiosity, I was looking up apartments to see how much they were, right? Because um, I get phone calls every day for my house, <laughs> you know, and it's so annoying. I wish that I could block them uh, permanently, but unfortunately I can't because somebody sells lists. Uh, but that's another conversation, you know, but um, but seeing how we could open up spaces um, you know, to be of more, to, to be more of a service, um, in those, in those ways. Uh, I think that that's a, that's a conversation, uh, to be had and, um, and not just be talking about it and not just say that that's a great idea. Uh, we really need to be, uh, executing, uh, when it comes to this, to this manner, because, you know, like I said, the apartment that I looked up 586 square feet, for $1,200 a month is absolutely ridiculous. And somebody that is making $15 an hour because the city did change their uh, minimum wage for uh, city employees to $15 an hour. But even that for someone, they would not be able to afford that. That paying their rent would be their pay, would be their, um, their income for the month. Right. right? And so, um, we we have to do something about that. Um, Ms. Hood, where can folks get information and sign up to help your campaign? Sure. Thank you for asking. Um, so my website is adrianhood.com, um, my name and .com. Uh, my social media handles are hood for C-O-L-S. That's H-O-O-D-F-O-R-C-O-L-S. And that's on Instagram and on Facebook. Um, I try with Twitter, but I'm just not the greatest at Twitter. Um, so I'm going to stay in my lane. <laughs> <laughs> so what's your, um, we have like 30 seconds. What's your call to action for the people that are listening to this in- interview today? My call to action um, for those listening is don't just use the sample ballot. Do your research um, on each candidate. Um, the ones that you feel that you can support, vote for them. The ones that you can't, don't. You know, it, it's that simple. We we have options. There are people that are standing up um, because I understand that there are a lot of people that are just tired. Um, but there are people that are standing up and answering the call um, to action to serve. And now we need you to answer the call and vote. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to Grassroot Ohio with Adrian Hood. Columbus City Council candidate for the people. In addition to our Friday 5 p.m. broadcast on WGRNLP, we air at 2 p.m. on Sundays at WCRS FMLP Columbus and at 4 p.m. at WEJPLP Wheeling, Moundsville, West Virginia. You can find us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcast, Spotify, YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Thanks for joining us. There's a time to listen and learn, a time to organize and strategize, and a time to stand up, fight back. Come down, come down, come down.